Ladies and gentlemen, we do thank you very much for your attention, and now we invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to the Top Travel Destinations. I'm your host, Kevin Flanagan, here to use my 20 years of experience as a top travel writer with the Sunday Independent to show you where to stay, eat, shop, and explore when you visit the world's top travel destinations. So sit back and enjoy our journey together. My destination this week is Venice in Italy. And I'm so looking forward to help you find the right place to stay, to eat, to drink and to explore. Because Venice is a place where I started my travel adventures in life. When I was a 12-year-old at school, in grammar school in Wimbledon, we went on this huge odyssey. Uh, I remember we had to take a, a, a train down to Dover, across on the ferry to Calais, to Paris. This was the first time I'd been out of the country. And then the Old Orient Express. The Old Orient Express was actually a cattle truck. It took workers down to Venice and beyond and to Romania and onto the Orient. It was my first time I ever smelt coffee, which started a love affair for life. We were in a coucher. It was overnight. We woke up in Switzerland and there was a little cart that was rolled down beside us. And there was the first smell of real espresso. Anyway, we ended up in Venice and that started a love affair. And I've been to Venice maybe 20 times. I studied there when I was at university. I studied at the Cheney Library uh, when I was doing art history at the Courtauld Institute at London University. So I really love and know the place. Even recently, I celebrated a significant birthday and took the grandkids there. And it was truly wonderful. So what have you got to look forward to? Well, I'm going to go over all the places where you need to visit and the places where you can get great value. If you can wait till the very end and listen all the way through, I'm going to share a hidden gem and it will be well worth the stay. So keep, keep listening till the end. There's one quote from Lord Byron about Venice. He loved Venice and visited there many times to have great fun because it was a very decadent place in those days. Beauty is still there, he said. The pleasant place of all festivity is Venice, the revel of the earth, the mask of Italy. And I think that really sums up that Venice is like a mask. It's the Disneyland for adults. It was an amazing place that was founded in the 5th century by refugees, actually, escaping the barbarian invasion on the Italian mainland. And then it became this incredible maritime power during the Middle Ages. Uh, this, the Venetian Republic was established in the 7th century, and its prosperity was really built on the trade routes because it was right in between east and west. And they created the first arsenal where you can see the ships going out and controlling all the waterways from the Mediterranean and in and around the Mediterranean. And then as it grew in vast wealth, the arts flourished and culture and diplomacy during the Renaissance. Then it became this incredible world gem, a world heritage site with architecture, art, the canals that are just literally mouth-watering. And there's this extraordinary thing about Venice. It's actually 118 small islands all joined together. And they built these amazing bricolets or these wooden pilings that were 
banged into the marshy Venetian lagoon and the stone foundations were set on top of this and they still remain 700 years later. It's quite incredible. So you have this incredible uh, network of canals and the environment now is very important to Venice because it's right on the cutting edge of global warming and the rising of the sea levels. So they created this incredible project called the Moses Project. This is to stop these uh, huge storms that come up and have flooded Venice increasingly as global warming has started to bring up the level. And you can actually see on the side of buildings in Venice, these incredible palaces, you can see the march of time as the water levels start to go up. This incredible Moses system has sort of preserved Venice, but I would still say it's important to get along and see this absolute gem because it's fragile. And once the, the ice caps do melt, if they are going to melt, then Venice will be one of the early casualties, just like those Antipodean islands in the Atlantic and around Australia. So it is a fragile gem. Now, when you go to Venice, there are literally thousands of things you can do. And I'm just going to try to distill them down to 10 have-to-dos. And then we have our secret gem. Uh, of course, everybody's seen and heard of St. Mark's Basilica, this incredible, opulent uh, basilica, which was actually uh, not owned by the church. It was owned by the Doge and the city of Venice. It was actually uh, non-clerical. And it's an absolute gem with this sort of golden glow made from all these little mosaic squares. So you have to go and see the St. Mark's Basilica. Right next to that is the Doge's Palace, an architectural marvel. This is where the Venetian ruler lived. And you can still go through the chambers, this incredible art by uh, Tintoretto. Um, and then there's the infamous Bridge of Sighs, which was uh, this little connecting stone bridge where prisoners would get a last glance before they were plunged into the terrible dungeons, which you can visit. One thing you have to do is go on a Grand Canal cruise. There's the Vaporetta. This is the water bus, the famous Venetian form of transport. It costs the price of a cup of coffee. It is the bus, but it's on water. During the summer, it's unbearable because it's packed and it's hot. But during the off-season months, which I'm going to suggest you visit Venice in, it is a wonderful, wonderful way to see the city. Uh, to either sit at the very front, as I did with the grandkids last summer, or at the very back and watch the world go by. These majestic palaces, the colourful buildings that line the Grand Canal. So the Grand Canal definitely deserves a tour. I'd also make sure if you're there for two or three days, get up and see the Rialto Bridge, made famous, of course, by Shylock in Shakespeare's fantastic play, The Merchant of Venice. And the Rialto is a great area. There's this incredible food market there and you can actually go where the locals go. And the locals are, are, are there's less than 40,000 locals, I believe now. And it's become so expensive to live in Venice that it's slowly pushing the locals out. But the Rialto is one area where they do hang out. Then you have the Peggy Guggenheim. This would be my number one spot to visit. You can go along there and enjoy some of the great art from this remarkable woman who in the last century 
created a home for such artists as Jackson Pollock. And now you can see the Picassos, the Dalis, the Max Ernst, who was also one of Peggy's many lovers. She was a, an extraordinarily independent and powerful woman. So the Peggy Guggenheim collection is a must. As is seeing the Venetian mask shops, I'm going to put in our accompanying article the link to the actual shop which made the masks for Eyes Wide Shut, used by Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. That great, great movie. The man who made those masks is still there. So it was very interesting to go and meet him. And you can go along and buy one of the masks that was featured in that movie. And now, where do you stay? Well, over the years, I've stayed in cheap student pensiones, sharing bunk beds, all the way up to some very, very wonderful hotels. The last time I stayed there was at an Airbnb, and that's a very good option if you're going to Venice. Eight of us stayed in this lovely penthouse quite near the Rialto, and it was very reasonable when you divided it all out. I'm going to again distill all my knowledge to give you a budget stay, a mid-price stay and a luxury stay. And the details, the websites, the clickable links will all be in the accompanying article. So I'm just going to give you a taste of each one. The Hotel Al Ponte Monsignor. This is on the Siestre near Santa Croce. And it really is a, a very good budget-friendly option. I think it is very, very quality, actually. There's great comfort in it. It's located just off the Grand Canal in a very quiet area. And it's very, very Venetian looking. It's a short work from the train station, which is very useful for many people coming into Venice. So for the budget you're going to pay here, it's very much worth a recommendation, I would say. My mid-price is the Hotel Carlton, where I've stayed on multiple occasions. It's opposite the train station. You really are pretty much near the heart of Venice. You jump on a Vaporetta and you're right up to St. Mark's Square in no time. And there's something really lovely about this hotel. Great staff. And they have a fantastic restaurant on the top where you can sit, eat, drink and look out as the Vaporettas and the gondolas go merrily past. If you're on a luxury stay, let's say your wedding anniversary or it's a special occasion or you've won the lottery, which uh, you probably need to have done, you can stay in the Sarsagredo Hotel. This is on Santa Sofia, an absolutely gem of a place, an old 15th century palace. I mean, I just love this place. It's absolutely fantastic. You've got Murano glass chandeliers, breathtaking views of the Grand Canal, a short walk from the Rialto and St. Mark's Square. This is a very indulgent and unforgettable place to have a stay if you're going to Venice. And there's nowhere in the world where you can be as indulgent or as opulent. Venice is the place to really enjoy and save a life. And that brings us on to eating. Well, the three places I'm going to suggest I've all had great experiences at. And a word of warning about restaurants in Venice. There are hundreds, you can see them, tourist 
orientated. You can be, I'm afraid to say, ripped off. When I first went to Venice, I was seriously ripped off by a restaurant. So just be aware of this. So these places I'm going to recommend definitely definitely won't rip you off and they are quality and they're used by locals. Always a good sign. The first one is the Osteria al Squero. This is in the Dostoro and it's very affordable Venetian cuisine. We really had a wonderful time here. You can get these incredible friendly dishes, the cicetti. These are the small style tapas snacks with beautiful prawns and cheeses and meats, smoked meats. And it's a meal you can enjoy by the canal without breaking the bank. For your mid-price option, I'm going to suggest you go to the Osteria alla Favasca in the Corta della Cavita. Again, all these details are in the accompanying article on our website, the top travel destinations. The Astoria alla Fresca is, I think, a hidden gem where you can savor really true flavors of Venetian cuisine. It's really tucked away in this charming little courtyard. It was very hot when we went there, but we had a wonderful traditional dishes, pasta, homemade, made with local fresh fish. Absolutely wonderful. Now, if you want to really push the boat out and break the bank, then I would go to Quadri. This is located in St. Mark's Square and it's a Michelin star experience. Really stunning views. The Venetian tradition, but with a modern creative tang and twist. Exquisite courses and incredible, impeccable service, but you're going to pay. So there's a choice. And this brings us to where to drink. There is no city in the world, I believe, better suited for drinking out, taking in the sights and enjoying people watching than Venice. So I'm going to give you some real gems because you will pay through the nose for poor quality in Venice very easily because it's a tourist trap. So I'm going to get you to take the boat to the Rialto. You're going to go down a couple of little side streets right next to where we stayed on our last Airbnb. And here is this amazing bar called the Baccarando Cotto del Orso. Now, I have never come across anywhere quite like this. It has the most fabulous indoors-outdoors sort of ambience. You can perch by the window. I've perched with the grandkids and the son and uh, the daughter-in-law and we've all gathered. We've all had the little delectable local dishes with octopus and the cheeses and the seafood and then they do a fantastic drinks, cocktails. You can have a really fantastic local gin and tonic I can remember as a, one of the standout dishes and you're very close to the Grand Canal and this is totally used by locals. I don't think I saw a tourist there. So that is a fantastic experience. Uh, if you want to go mid-range, I'm going to make a bit of a strange suggestion, which is Harry's Bar, the famous Harry's Bar. It's uh, actually <laughs> very, very good for what you get. I, I would suggest you have to try this. Try a cocktail if you like. A coffee is like seven euro, but you do get to sit out where all the legends that visited Venice have all visited. They're all up on the wall. It's an incredible experience for five to six to seven euros, depending on the coffee that you choose at the minimum. Otherwise, 
kick the boat out and have a Bellini. Go there at sunset and you have an experience that you will certainly be able to talk about. Now, if you're going for luxury, I was treated to this on my 60th birthday. You take the private boat over to the Cipriani and there you will have one of the great experiences. Cocktails at the Sip. They even have their own Sips Club. This has breathtaking views of Venice. You are in a six-star style hotel where you know megastars have stayed. It really is the perfect spot for sipping cocktails in style. If you just want to have a, a drink, uh, my favourite is an espresso in one of the bars near the Rialto. Um, go there early in the morning before the sun kills you and it's absolutely delightful. There is also the Tedesco, this very famous uh, bar, which I'm going to talk about in a moment, which has sumptuous coffee at sumptuous prices, but it's very classy. We'll come to that. Now, where to shop? Well, again, stick to the Rialto. There's some fantastic little market spots there where you will pick up fantastic local food, local ingredients, local meats, smoked cheeses, fish, octopus. It's a fabulous place to buy local stuff and local foods and local wines. If you want to go to a mid-price go to the Strada Novo, which is on the Strada Novo. Uh, you stroll along this wonderful uh, strada. Uh, it's a really lively shopping street connecting the train station to the Rialto, full of tourists, but that's okay. Uh, go there late in the early evening. Here you'll find a mix of boutiques and shops, local stores selling clothes, accessories, unique gifts of the mid-range prices to bring back. Now, if you really want to push the boat out, and it's very easy to push the boat out literally in Venice, go to the Fondaca del Tedeschi, which I just mentioned earlier. This is right next to where we had our Airbnb. It's a luxury shopping destination. housed in this incredibly beautiful restored historic building right next to the Rialto. High-end department stores. You've got exclusive brands, designer fashion, fantastic leather bags, which you'll pay for. Leather in Italy, of course, is a big thing. Uh, whether you're getting handbags, wallets, whatever. Shoulder strap bags. And this is a really wonderful place. And as I said, try one of the coffee shops on the ground floor. Now, I was going to tell you about our hidden gem. So if you've stayed this long, here you're going to get your reward. Venice is coming down with tourists. It's, as you know and as you've read, it's almost sinking under the weight of tourists. Millions upon millions visit, particularly during the summer months. And millions go to the very famous Campanile on St. Mark's Square, where you'll have huge queues. You'll pay through the nose to catch the lift all the way up to the top. Now, I'm going to give you an alternative, which very few people know. There'll be no queues. There'll be very little cost. And you will have the most amazing views I promise. So walk down and catch the number two Vaporetto just outside the Danielli, right next to St. Mark's. You get off at the Campanile di San Giorgio Maggiore. That is the beautiful Palladio church that faces St. Mark's Square. And here you walk down to the chapel gardens 
There's no one there. It's absolutely beautiful. The Cheney Library where I studied at as a student is there. But if you see the Campanile in the church in Santa Giorgio Maggiore, you go through a little, at the back of the church, you go through a little couple of corridors. There's this amazing statue of the Archangel Michael that used to be on the roof and it was knocked down in the thunderstorm, struck by lightning. You pay your three or four euros, you go up in the lift and no one is there and you will have views from this campanile all the way across. An even better view than the one from St. Mark's Square. And for me, this is an absolute gem. That is my hidden gem and I think you'll thank me when you go there. No crowds, no cost. Absolute wonderful experience. There's also a couple of little coffee shops around that area where you can get uh, a light lunch, one of those uh, little paninis, a, a glass of wine or a coffee. Talking about coffee, my second hidden gem is the Café de la Zatere. This is a place where art and history and coffee converge. My favourite place in all the world to have a coffee because it's in no other place than the Peggy Guggenheim Museum on the Grand Canal. My favourite spot of all time. And when you are there and you've had your coffee, make sure you go through, you've paid to get into the Peggy Guggenheim. I think there's one day of the month when it's free, so check that out and I'll leave details in the accompanying article. But make sure you go through and you go right out onto the water's edge because there's this little pavilion, little balcony in front of the Peggy Guggenheim Museum where there's this statue, a famous bronze statue of a gentleman on a horse in a state of arousal, I can put it like that. And you then pass him and you're onto the Grand Canal and you can sit there in the shade and imagine Peggy and Jackson Pollock. It was a great salon for artists from around the world flocked here and you just get a flavour of this incredible place. Now a couple of words of warning as when to go to Venice. Try to avoid June to August. It's too hot. I remember almost melting when I took the grandkids and the son and daughter-in-law there last summer. And it was just unpleasant. Even this great city can be unpleasant when the temperature's 37 degrees and the evaporators are packed. But as a student, I went at Easter time. And November, on a very significant birthday, we went there. And it was perfect. Crowds were diminished. You just make sure you bring a sweater or a jumper and a jacket because it can get a little bit cooler. And then you can take a stroll. They go off the main thoroughfares, get into the back streets, take a gelato or an espresso, and then wait until the moon is full. Because for my top destination of all time, I would say a walk in the full moon at night by the Grand Canal is something to behold. You can also do it on the water. Take a vaporetta. Now, if you really want to push the boat out, which I did on the previous occasion, you can hire a water taxi. The water taxi will take you halfway up the Grand Canal and back for about 80 to 100 euros. You can decide whether it's worth that expense. Uh, my own family were a bit underwhelmed by the experience because you're getting the same as what you see on the vaporetta. But if you go at night, when the moon is full, it is an extraordinary experience. The great playwright, William Goldman, 
he had this extraordinary description. I'm just going to read it to you because I really think it sums it up. And he said, By daylight, Venice is one of the glories of the earth. But at night, especially when the moon is full, I don't know how to describe it, so I won't. But if you died, and in your will you ask for your ashes to be spread gently on the Grand Canal at midnight with a full moon, everyone would know this about you. You loved and understood beauty. And I will say this to you. Before you shuffle off this mortal coil, in the great words of Shakespeare, who wrote about Venice, of course, in The Virtue of Venice, take someone you love, whether that's your grandkids, a significant other, or a friend, and go and visit Venice, because you will literally taste a bit of heaven. Mm -hmm.